Welcome back, or welcome to Golf Nerds, the best podcast you're listening to right now, brought to you in conjunction with such amazing golf brands as, uh, no, not yet, not ever, well maybe, Um, and why does it have to be a golf brand? I'd love to advertise like um, shoes or picture frames or gym balls or um, I'm just looking around my room. Headphones. I'd love to advertise headphones, especially if they gave me free. Hi, Bayer Dynamic. How are you doing? Um, welcome to Golf Nerds. It's been a interesting and slightly dull week in professional golf tours. Unless, like me, you're a huge fan of a couple of players on the tour formerly known as the Web.com tour, christened as the now christened as the KFC tour by No Laying Up, and I think we should hold that dearly. And it's the KFC tour. I'm not going to refer to it by its real name. The KFC tour um, was good this week. Um, but we're going to get to that because in the meantime, there's a couple of other things I wanted to talk about, um, because I've been reading quite a bit online about golf instruction and a little train of ideas have put itself together. Started off when I watched Robin Matthews Williams video with Zang Golf, smart guy at some a lesson provided by some other smart guys. Um, and then I listened to a podcast with Pete Cowan, the BBC Cut podcast. And then I'm a constant fan of Nick Bradley, a golf coach and TV presenter, and I chat with him on Facebook and Twitter. Um, so that leaves... Um, left me in one place about thinking about golf instruction. Now, I have a funny relationship with golf instruction because I am a golf instructor, but at the same time, I'm not a fan of golf instruction. In fact, I find my own golf instruction that I deliver at times to be boring, frustrating, and sometimes I wonder what's the point in it all. And I try and pass that on to my students. Um, because what I'm trying to tell them is, you can do this, you probably don't need me. And those ideas have been fed into this week more than they have been for a long time. So, let me just take you through my golfing history as a player and that relationship with instruction. So I'm not some natural golfer. I I practiced a heck of a lot as a kid. Two or three hours a day on the range every day. So I developed a reasonably repetitive swing, although it wasn't great because I had a wild slice. And then, and those of you who are are truly golf nerds are going to find this funny, I thought, I've got to get rid of this slice. And I was aware of a golfer from olden days called Ben Hogan, but I knew nothing. I just read some articles 
in good old today's golfer in the UK and seen um, photos of his swing being super flat. And so um, I thought to myself, I thought to myself, if I had that kind of swing, I could never slice the ball because it was so flat. And in my young head, I thought flat meant hook. Um, And just just go with me. Don't get into the technique and the, you know, the technicalities here because this is just how I thought when I was a kid. So I spent a day on the range just trying to do the super flat swing. And I, I remember I ended up with this, like, essential duck hook, but I could control it. So I was hitting, I remember vividly, I was hitting seven irons from the wrong side of the range to the chipping area because I was the only person on the range. And um, I hit like 10 balls, sort of the last 10 balls I had. What I'd done is I'd hit the balls down the range, then I was hitting them back the other way on the range to the chipping area. I was going to pick them up and go home. And so... um, I'd hit, I had my last 10 or so balls, and I stuck them all onto this quite small chipping green with this savage hook, and I was hitting seven irons in, and it felt like they weren't going anything over head height, but certainly not over sort of 20 feet off the ground, with this huge hook, but they just bang, 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 all on this green that was sort of, um... You know, if you hit the green, you had to be within 10 feet of the hole. So I was pretty chuffed. And then the last one, I banged it in. And uh, started off way right, started hooking in fast straight at the stick. And there's just this almighty crash as it hits the bottom of the stick. Ball ricocheted off into other balls. Balls flying everywhere. Um, But it was just really funny. And I was like, yeah, I'm onto something. Uh, ben Hogan, play that flat hook. Now, I know Ben Hogan's whole swing was designed to fight a hook, but I didn't actually know that then. Um, so I went on the course. Uh, it didn't go quite so well. But what it did, it gave me a, a methodology that kind of worked, and it was working, and I, that's how I went from a kind of 10 handicapper to a plus three handicapper with this new swing um, that I developed. And I learned how to control the hook and hit the ball a bit higher. Um, and essentially, that golf swing I grew then is my golf swing now. And I str- still struggle to hit a fade, but I can do. I still don't hit the ball very high, but I can do if I need to. And... Um, All from that. And that was after a decent amount of golf lessons. Um, Some of them were really good. I I can remember three of my golf lessons as a kid. One was with a guy called Peter Stebbings, uh, who trained under Henry Cotton. And uh, he had me hitting a car tyre, trying to hit it as hard as I can, because I wasn't strong enough, and I'm still not. Um, but it's trying to develop some muscles and some power. Um, not in itself a bad move. It's flawed, and I'm not sure I'd give it to students now, but I stand by the value of that lesson. 
Um, and what a great coach. What a great coach. Let me tell you another thing that Stebo taught me. And if you're listening to this, Stebo, I salute you. Within the first five minutes of my lesson, Stebo said to me, um, Guy, I can see you've got a solid golf swing, and I know you want to be a much better golfer. But let's say I was off 20 or so when I, um, when I went to see him. He goes, I can hit you, teach you to hit the ball far or further or straight. I've got a feeling you want to learn to hit it further right now. And I was like, you know, I was a kid. I was like, hell yeah. And he just goes, okay, we're going to learn to hit it far. Then we're going to learn to hit it straight. And I was like, okay, that's a good deal. And that's when I started hitting the tire. And I stand by that as well. I, I, that golf's all about choices and you can learn to hit the ball far or straight. You can learn to have a good golf swing or you can learn how to score well. You can't do these things at the same time. They are separate skills. You can learn a great long game, short game, or you can learn to putt. You cannot. You cannot do them all on a one. Although some of those skills are transferable, they are not the same skills. Um, and that's kind of something I continue to work on in my own game, is how do I transfer what I've learned after I've practiced my putting into me hitting driver. And you can, but you've got to be a golf genius to do that. And fortunately for me, I am. And my true genius is probably explaining that to you. Um, and we may go into that another time, but not today, because I've got something else to say. Um, so my other golf lesson was with a coach called David Vaughan, who, as I remember, was coaching the Welsh boys squad back in the 90s, early 90s, uh, Shang Gothlin Golf Club, a beautiful golf club. Uh, it was the first time he'd seen my swing, and he said, Guy, I like your swing, I like the shots you're hitting, I've just got one concern. All I want you to do is go through all the shots with me. I want you to hit a low fade, high fade, straight shot, low and high, low draw, high draw, go. And I couldn't quite deliver that. Um, and I think, I never asked, I should have done. I think he was going to go, is this guy a solid scratch golfer or has he got more to offer? And, um, well, I guess I was a solid scratch golfer who had a hot streak and got below scratch. And I'd stand, take that. Um, even now at am I'm a solid scratch golfer. And hopefully, under most types of tournament condition, I can still deliver my scratch golf. Um, but I haven't got much else. Um, and that's fine, you know. I'm sure there's a couple of you listening who'd be like, oh, I wish I could say that about my game. And, you know, I appreciate that. I've put in a lot of work to become as bad as I am. If that makes sense to you. If you think scratch is bad, solid scratch golfer is a bad standard for a pro, I just have to live with the fact that I've put in a lot of my life to become as bad at golf as you think I am. I've just got to suck that up. Anyway, so that's what David Vaughan taught me. Can you hit all the shots with your full swing? And I couldn't. And actually, if I was assessing someone's game, I'd really want to see them chip and putt, not just play a draw or a fade. Um, 
because actually at that point in my game, I struggled to hit a fade with, a, let's say, a six iron. It was a six iron that day I was hitting. But I did not struggle to hit a fade when I was chipping. I could put cut spin on a chip and use that cut spin to my advantage. Um, and hook spin. And I still do. Um, yeah. And then the last golf lesson I had as a kid that did me any favours was, I think I may have talked about this on the pod before, but it may not have been this podcast. It may have been when I was a guest on someone else's. Um, I was, I'd finished, well, I'd got to a golf lesson. Um, I'd walked into the pro shops, like, I've got a lesson with Phil. Phil Bill's working in Leeds right now. Um, and I went, and I, something along the lines of, like, Phil's going to be 10 minutes late. And I'm like, chill, I'm just going to go and hit golf balls. I was in no hurry. So I was, I'd hit, um, I'd hit down the practice ground. I picked up all my golf balls, got them all down the far end. I was going to hit them back. And I was down. Um, so if you imagine looking down the practice ground, um, I was along the right-hand side border. So the out-of-bounds line with another fairway. But it was pretty safe because there's trees. That's not your concern. So what I did is I got myself about far enough down the practice ground so I could hit five irons back towards where you normally hit from. And I was still down that line, so what I was doing is I was hitting draws along that line. And I was trying to hit it so I got as close to that line as I could without crossing it to become a hook. That was my game. And as I started hitting balls, the pro Phil came down uh, and watched me hit balls, which was very nice of him, yeah? I was warmed up. Uh, I was young and supple, so it didn't take much to get warmed up. And I'm hitting five irons, like 185, just bang, 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 down this line. And Phil says to me, Guy, you're striping everything today. And I'm like, yeah, I'm hitting it pretty nicely today. You know, I've been playing really well, and I um, really think I've found something in my game. And um, I'm shooting par or below. You know, I remember saying clearly... Um, you know, I played yesterday, I hit 17 greens, they'd just been aerated, I couldn't putt for toffee, I shot, you know, 72, but I made a few birdies, but I dropped a couple of stupids, three putts, because I just couldn't hold anything like four or five footers for par, I just, I just kept missing them because of the bumpy green, but I really feel like my game's solid right now, like this is, this is as good as it gets for me, and at that point, I, I truly meant it. Um, so he says, come on then, let's go and play some holes. Which was great. Instead of having like a 30-minute driving range lesson, we went and played nine holes. Um, and at the end of that, I think, I remember the words, but I don't remember the timing. He said, Guy, you're playing great. Here's my lesson for you today. When someone asks you how you're playing, do not tell them how good you're playing. Just say, I'm playing okay, I'm working hard, I'm hitting the ball nicely. Just stay humble, because you can be a bit big-headed. Um, and I've sort of learned that. What I've learned is when to be humble and when not to be humble. Um, or what I'm learning. Now, 
Why did I tell you those stories of golf instruction? Why did I take the time, 16 minutes, to tell you about that? Let me tell you why. Because, do I remember anyone teaching me the grip? No. That's a lie. I do remember it, but is it a landmark moment in my career? No. Do I remember anyone getting out alignment rods? No. Do I remember anyone talking to me about swing plane? No. Do I remember anyone putting their hands on me and put me in certain positions? No. Um, and to be honest, if someone put their hands on me in a golf lesson now, I'd be like, what the fuck are you touching me for? Um, it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't land well with me, should we say, politely. I don't do that to my students. I don't touch them. Um, which would be glad because I often work with kids. I, it's just not what I do. And here's, here's why. So, I learned from Robin that Zen golf teaching talks about finding your golf swing. And I think that's all I want to say about that because I just want to say, yes, find your golf swing. How do you find your golf swing? Okay, so Pete Cowan talks about you find your golf swing. You don't hit. You make a fluid movement interrupted by a golf ball. But you shouldn't notice that. You just make this fluid movement. Okay? Now, biomechanics teaches us... This is where I go a little nerdalicious. Biomechanics teaches us that really we, t we learn that from the ground up. Okay? So how we stand is as important as how we hold the golf club. Holding the golf club is how you hold it is hugely important. Is that Does that mean there's only one right way to hold a golf club? No. Is there one way I teach you? Yes. But if you come to my lesson holding the golf club a different way, as long as that's not hindering your movement, your swing, I'm probably not going to change your grip. If I see your grip is hindering your ability, at the end of a, your first lesson, I might say, look, I can help you take what you've got and knock five, ten shots off your game. But if you want to get really good, I think we're going to have to look at your grip. Um, and that's it. I leave that with you. Because sometimes your grip can reduce power, can reduce what angle you can deliver the club face to the ball to. Um, Although I've seen some guys who I think would find it impossible to deliver the club face to the ball in a way that would let them hit a draw, and somehow they do it. Um, so, I, I'm very cautious about changing people's grip. I have a way I teach the grip, but it's not the only way to grip a golf club. Um... I have a way I like to stand to the golf ball. I have a way I teach people to stand to the golf ball. But is it the only way? No. 
Do I believe if you want to hit a draw, you need to aim off to the right? No. Fade to the left? No. In fact, personally, I find it easier to hit a big draw. If I really want to hit a big draw off the tee, I stand a little open. And somehow, I can sort of, it lets my hits open, gives me plenty more space to throw that club out to the right. Um, I know that doesn't make sense from a traditional teaching perspective, but it's how I do it. Um, and I can show you that on the driving range uh, or on the golf course. Uh, if I want to hit a punchy draw under um, a tree, you know, like a chip out type of thing. Not that I ever need to chip out. Let's just remember that. But if I did, um, to show a student what to do when they hit a bad shot, because I never hit bad shots. If I did, um, I, I would probably stand with a traditional closed stance because for a shorter swing, I find it easier. And it does give me more control. But who is trying to hit a walloping hook draw with a driver and thinking about control? You're thinking about banging it 195 through the air sideways and 300 in a straight line, a total 500 yards. No, you know what I mean. I've got one set up for control and one set up for distance. So you develop your move, you develop your stance and your grip. And then I think if you're standing in a comfortable way, holding the club in a way that works for you, there's some fundamentals of movement and speed I can help you with. But what I'm really trying to do is guide you on a way to find your swing. If you're a beginner or if you're a scratch golfer, um, I'm just trying to help you find your swing. If you're a beginner, it's for the first time. If you're a scratch golfer, I'm probably trying to unteach you from crap about railway lines, swing plane, and release patterns. Um, I'm just like, no, just move. Just move. Just feel your whole body move. Two turns and a swish. Um, and setting yourself up to do that turn, turn, swish. Um, as effectively as possible. That's my job. But it's so incredibly simple. Once you've understood it, that golf swing move, that is what frustrates me. You don't need 10 lessons from me to do that. It might take me a morning, a couple of hours to just talk you through it slowly, if you're that type of person. Some players just like, right, what I want you to do is hold the golf club, pick it up. Your grip looks great. We're, gonna, we're not going to change that. Now, hold the golf club, walk up to the ball, hit it. And they hit it and it goes vaguely towards who we want. I'm like, okay, can you do that again? But this time, can you do exactly the same move with exactly the same alignment? Can you try and hit a fade? And they do it. And they're like, right, last one. Same thing again. This time, try and hit a draw. And they do it. And I'm like, man, you're crushing it. Why have you even come for a lesson today? What's going on? And they'll say, oh, on the course, you know, I can't really deliver results like that. I'm like, okay, what we need to do is get you in a rhythm and a way of playing that means you can deliver those results. 
um, when you're under pressure, when you put yourself on the spot. And that's what I do. And that's what I do. But is that going to take me 10 sessions? No. It's going to take me one session. Um, and you know what? It might then, uh, you know, a few weeks, a few months down the line, they might call me back and go, oh, you know, the wheels have fallen off. I don't know what to do. I've been trying, but, you know, I was just getting back in my old habits. And I watched um, me and my boyfriend on YouTube, and they said I should, you know, delay impact until my um, wrist is at 180 degrees. And, you know, what if the moon's in suppression and the air pressure's down that day? What the fuck am I going to do? And I'm like, you're going to hit the fucking ball hard. You're just going to walk into it. You're going to hit fade, straight shot, draw. You're going to keep doing that until you feel good about it. Then you're going to remember what we talked about. And then you're going to start shooting 65 every time you look at the golf club. And they're like, oh, yeah, cheers. I forgot about that. I'm like, damn straight, motherfucker. You're the best golfer in the world. Um, and that's what it feels like to be in one of my golf students. Um, there's more to it than that, maybe. Probably not. No. No, probably not. And then we can go out on the course and we can talk actually a bit more technically then about, you know, where you're aiming, what shot you're trying to hit. And then as a coach, I need to know a little bit about your game, what you can pull off and what you can't pull off. Um, you know, for me, as much as I'd love to be able to know I could fly the ball 260 every time, if I've got to fly a bunker at 260, I should not. I should be looking for a different shot. Any shot, unless, unless there's no other shot than what I'm trying to do is land in that bunker in such a way that I've got a really nice shot. Or I'm accepting the fact that I've got to get in that bunker, I'm going to hit sand wedge out and I've got to make, you know, let's say it's a par four. I've got to make par from the fairway and that could be 180 yards out. Um... But that's fine if I'm teaching someone to play one particular course, you know, for a competition or whatever. Or it's just their regular course and they want to get better at it. It's, it's about thinking, it's about knowing what you can do, and it's about knowing what you do when you go wrong. Um, and putting yourself in the best possible shape. And not, yeah, it's, this, it's so easy. It's so easy. And I like the idea of being on a retainer with people. You know, you have one lesson, and that costs you a bag load of money. And then you're on a retainer. And I, I, I just say, yeah, I've got 20 minutes to chat to you or come out and watch you hit a few balls. Of course I have. That doesn't cost you anything because you're on this low-level retainer. Um, I do that online with a few, a few students. Um, or they just find me questions and I phone them, send them a video. Um, I sent someone quite a, an odd video this week. Um, you know, I can film myself on the practice ground saying, look, man, just try hitting balls like this. There's all sorts of different things we can do. Um, and it's just, it's just worth my while doing it with that little monthly kick in. So, my relationship with golf instruction is that why are all these guys, why are they 
charging people so much money to teach them shit when the student doesn't benefit? And let me just, if you have golf lessons, I want you to truly think about this question. Who benefits the most from your golf lesson? You or your instructor? Because if it's your instructor, you're essentially accepting that guy's a charity case and you want to support him by giving him some money. If you want to get better at golf, maybe if the instructor's getting more benefit out of the class than you are, maybe you should think about something else, a different way to improve your golf. Fire me a message. I'm not really, I mean, of course I'm looking for you as a student a little bit, but I'm also, let's talk about it. Let's see where your game's at and what I can suggest. And I'll tell you what, I don't, you know, I'm not going to charge you for that. For a start, you're a listener to my podcast. You're a special, unique person in my life. And um, I'm happy to help, truly happy to help. Um, and I'm happy to put my middle finger up to the golf industry that's raping the listeners of my podcast of their hard-earned money. Or not so hard-earned money, but it's still money, isn't it? Because there's, there's something wrong. If the coach benefits more from the lesson than the student, and I think that is often the case, what the heck is wrong with my industry? What the heck is wrong with my industry? So I'm just going to whip back through what was a long stream of consciousness. Golf is easy. Swinging a golf club is easy. Get two things right and a lot of other stuff falls into place. Hold the club in a way that doesn't restrict you. Stand in a way that's comfortable, doesn't restrict you and won't leave you prone to injury. Then you've got to make two turns, back, forward, and then just before you feel like you finish the forward, you move your hands in a way that swish the golf club. Two turns and a swish. And that way you're making a movement that's sort of interrupted by a golf ball. And once you get the feel of that and the groove of that and learn a way of doing that in a repetitive way, you're going you're gonna to become a much better golfer. Okay. There's nuance, there's tweaks, there's things. Of course I've um, stood on a range, like a few weeks ago I stood on the range going, hey, have you thought about just opening your stance a little and see what that does to your game? And this guy just sort of went from hacking a bit to just hitting these really nice shots. We had a, a mid-iron in the bag, we're using range balls, just a regular golfer off like 15. And um, he went from his golf balls going everywhere and inconsistent distance, and I said... Just open your stance, make this slow swing, and see how it goes. Just hit really comfortably. Don't try and hit it hard. Don't try and hit it soft. Just your favorite speed. And he just starts hitting these shots that just start flying over the 150 marker. Slightly open stance, more rhythmical swing. I'm like, what's wrong with that? You've nailed it. Just get that feeling. Get into that zone. Make your warm-up. Before you play, even if it's just 10 balls, remember what this feels like. Get the same club, just hit 10 balls, learn, remembering that feeling. Walk to the first tee, pull out whatever club you tee off with, 
and repeat that feeling with that club and go and enjoy your game. Yeah, I didn't get Trackman out. I didn't record his video and draw lines on it. I didn't do any of that. But well, hopefully the guy went off and enjoyed his golf a bit more, which is ultimately the aim. I didn't feel good about myself like I'd delivered a high-value lesson and taken his money. I actually felt like I'd not told him enough. But deep down in, in my jellies, I felt like I'd delivered something beautiful and valuable to him. We'll see eh, if he comes back. It's only been 10 10 days, two weeks, and this guy, um, he's been away from, from his home, so I probably won't see him for another couple of weeks. Well, that was that, wasn't it? Golf instruction, eh? So, Ches Reeve, went on the PGA Tour. Yeah, kind of interesting. Um, there was a women's major. That was pretty interesting as well, I have to admit. Um, Hannah, she's got a surname and I've forgotten it, um, she won. A bit of a shocker by all accounts. I am getting into the ladies' game more and more, and it is mostly thanks to the two podcasts I listen to all the time, The Cut, who are passionate about ladies' golf and no laying up. I listen to a ton of other podcasts, but I drop in and out of them. Um, yeah. Ladies' golf is great. And then, here's the big news. On the KSU tour this week, um, my man, my main man, El Numero Uno. Well, El Numero Uno, the number one, was actually number two. But Biggs, Brian Bigley, came second. I want to I speak about the man's confidence level in golf. He turned up at the event. He was a standby on the wait list to get into the tournament. Booked a flight in. Booked a flight home for the Friday, knowing he was going to miss the cut. That's classy. I think that's really classy. Had to change his flight because he made the cut. Then came second. What a ledge. And what's amazing about Biggs is, say he loses his uh, KFC card. Um, has anyone said that yet? His KFC card. Uh, his loyalty card to the KFC tour. Um, say he loses his KFC loyalty card. Um come the end of the year. And let's be honest, Brian, I love you. I love your game. But it's likely, yeah? Um, we all know, Brian, you're going to resign and retire for about four weeks. And then what you're going to do is you're going to go to Q school, you're going to shoot 26 under, get your card back, and you're back in the game. How do you do it? This game is so frustrating, Brian. Not you. You're not frustrating. The game is. Um, I think we're done. Hey, I'm just setting up something fun to do with um, Orca Golf while I'm in the UK in the summer. I think I'm going to do a fitting. Um, but the, the idea is, and I love spilling the beans before we've... It's too soon. It's too soon. <laughs> it is too soon. But the idea is we're going to do a fitting, but we're going to kick it old school. No launch monitor. A bag of golf balls, a bag of golf clubs, and a practice ground. And we're going to show you guys that you don't need all of that shit to get a good fitting. I, I've said it before. I've seen club fitters on the PGA Tour 
Um, the PGA and what is now the KFC Tour, fit guys from a gazebo 40 yards away. They were just watching guys hit balls. Now, this is their job, right? And this is what they do. They watch the best of the best. Honestly, these two guys, it was a Titleist rep and a tailor-made rep. One says to the other, is that your boy over there in blue? The one says, yep. He goes, what do you think of him? Uh, what do you think of those drivers he's hitting? He goes, I think, um, I think he's getting a bit too much spin out of that shaft. And he's like, oh, you sure it's not the head? He goes, no, no, no. I've got him in the, in the you know, KFC Mark 349.2 head. You know, it's the lowest spin we've got. It can't be the head. He's like, oh, no, you're right. It must be the shaft. What do you reckon he's spinning out there? He's like, I reckon he's spinning about 2.6. Can you see the way it peaks? Yeah, yeah. I was thinking maybe it was about 2.4. You know, that guy, he hits it hard. Ah, oh, yeah, you could be right. You could be right. Yeah, somewhere, maybe 2.5. Yeah, you're about right. 2.5, 2.4, 2.6 maybe. Either way, it needs coming down. Yeah. What do you reckon? Do we reckon we go heavier? No, I don't want to slow him down. And they just go on. These two guys have a long chat about this bloke's swing, competing companies. And he goes, okay, how about I take him a, you know, a dealer, Matsubishi, Mitsubishi, a dealer, graphite design Mark IV in orange, out. And he goes, yeah, but take the uh, 60 gram, not the 70 gram. Why? I told you I don't want to slow him down. All right, yeah. Off he goes with the shaft, clips it into the club head, Boom, the guy's hitting these long, flat drives. He's just put like 15 yards on his drive. Because that's how it's done when you haven't got a TV camera behind you. That's how it's done when you've got a whole beautiful driving range with real golf balls. You don't need all the tech because you can see it. That's how it's done when you're not trying to Molly coddle a new player to come and work for your company or use your company's golf club so you get out all your fancy gizmos and gadgets to wow them with your tech. That's how it's done. Um, but you don't sell 20 grand a pop trackman units like that. You don't make a brand look good. You might make a person look good. And that is really my pitch when I spoke to Alex. We're going to make you and your gear look great. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to write what I think is my fitting in a sealed envelope. Okay? I'll probably film myself doing that in the next day or so. Um, we're going to do the fitting in sunny North Wales in August. So it'll be raining and I'll be crying. He'll be under an umbrella. I'll be in clothes trying to hit golf balls through the pain of the icy cold North Walian weather. And um, we'll see where we get to. Um, I'm really excited because I'm getting some new golf clubs. Um, I'm debating whether to go blades. I think I'm going to go blades. What I might do is a combo set. Because I really like my um, high lofted fairway woods, which might become hybrids uh, from the Orca lineup, but six and two threes, really. Um, so... I'm going to um, go for sort of hybrids, a couple of cavities, and then blades from, say, 8 through to 
you know, 60 or whatever. Um, I, pr I might try and get a bag as well because, you know, it'd be nice to have a new golf bag, wouldn't it? Um, probably won't get this one my name on, though. Yeah, that means something. And on that bombshell, take care. Goodbye.